All right, we are live for the midday Mike and Mario show. Excited to be back for another Friday edition, the 14th of the month of January. How are you doing, Mario? I'm doing well, Mike. And you? I am not bad at all. Excited to connect again. Lots of things to recap over this past week, as well as stuff to talk about for the weeks and days ahead. And so how do you want to kick this uh, episode off, my friend? Maybe we could look a little bit uh, about some stories that are coming out. Okay. Uh, uh, like uh, the global supply chain. Uh, mm. I think there was a, a story from Zero Hedge. And Zero Hedge, a lot of times they're ahead of the curve. Yeah. Uh, while the mainstream just focuses on the on the short term that everything is great. Yeah. But uh, they're talking about the fact that uh, China has like a, a zero, uh, COVID zero policy. And what does that mean? Well, that means that they will lock down a, a city of 10 million people. Uh, yeah. Just because they've had two cases, let's say. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, in a way that could be a good thing because they stop the spread of whatever mm -hmm. they want. That's what we're told, of course. I know a right. lot of people don't buy into this. Right. But the advantage, uh, according to some of the banks that wrote these analysis, the banks that, of, of course, wanting to force their workers to, to have the pass, they're saying that paradoxically it could help because mm -hmm. uh, even though you could have short-term disruptions to the uh, supply chain because they might lock a city for a week or so, in yeah. the longer term it could be a good thing. And uh, I no, think do, we do all you believe that though? But that, but do you believe that? You know, because that if that's if that's their recommendations and suggestions, then I'm like, oh, okay, what's the real agenda behind that? Because nothing yeah, about locking people down, throwing people down, making them yeah. do pass codes, passports. To me, sounds and beneficial for us, but mm, more so for their and, agenda. Uh, even though it feels like in the last year or 18 months, there's a lot of China bashing that uh, you know the CCP and the West. Uh -huh. against the west i'm not even sure maybe you know the people in charge here the globals they're working together with china so mm -hmm. you don't really know but yeah. uh i just think uh this global supply chain problem yeah. is not over and we also saw the biggest uh container ship company they're a danish company called uh, maersk yeah, they're warning that uh, the beginning of the year, uh, nothing is improved, especially between the U.S. and China. Yeah, uh, there you go. So I, I think, uh, yeah, and we we've just seen some uh, data come out today from the U.S. Mm -hmm. uh, retail sales, uh, they came out down two percent. Yeah, almost down two percent for December. They were expected to go up, and we saw industrial production also lower than expected. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's weird. Uh, the Federal Reserve made a mistake uh, saying that inflation was transitory. And I think they might be making a big mistake saying that they're going to raise rates four times this year. Or maybe they know there's something coming, a crisis, and mm -hmm. uh, they need to raise rates quickly. <laughs> and why would that be? Well, because if rates are at zero, you can't really cut unless you go into negative territory. And I think uh, the dollar being the reserve currency uh, yeah. for the major reserve currency, a negative rate uh, will be disastrous. So if they could get rates quickly up to one mm -hmm. uh, and then a crisis hits, they'll be able to cut it again to zero. And that might help. It sounds yeah. perverse, but uh, in a way it, it, it makes maybe sense. 
Yeah. Now, before we move forward, let me backtrack a little bit because you were in, in when you were just uh, explaining about uh, the whole Chinese situation and their involvement. Uh, I, something came to mind. I just grabbed it real quick. And it's, it's, it's an article fresh out today about how Chinese President Xi Jinping to address Davos agenda in 2022. So uh, I saw this yesterday about uh, Xi and Klaus Schwab connecting for a World Economic Forum chat. And when I saw that, I'm thinking like, mm, OK, so. We were always or I or we were always led to believe that it's the West versus the East, the globalist agenda. They're trying to, you know, exclude China and disrupt their one belt, one road initiative. So when I see stuff like this, I let kind of to me, it, it, it further connects the dots as to how is a possibility, a very likelihood that they're, of course, all working together to accomplish some type of sinister objective but yet when you yeah. got Jinping and Klaus Schwab connecting eh, that doesn't sound like uh, they're really uh, get there against each other yeah i think it's uh all these um this is all like a theater to yeah. divide them <laughs> and, and to also help the chinese because maybe in china they're talking about uh, the west being bad mm -hmm. and here we talk about them being bad and we put sanctions on Chinese politicians or sanctions on Russians, but you—it's funny because they don't put any sanctions on Australian politicians, right? Because if there was a, a China Open tennis Open, that was a Grand Slam event, and yeah. they stopped uh, pe people from the West going there because they could say, "Oh, your vaccine is not good enough." Uh, they would be highly criticized, but. Um, as it's Australia, it seems to be okay to stop. Yeah, and that's so. Yeah, that's a whole other kind of worm there. But so it's interesting. Uh, the whenever it's like uh, with uh, Kazakhstan, uh, in the last two weeks or so, uh, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, it's George Soros uh, trying to foment a revolt or call a revolution." But yeah. then I looked into Kazakhstan a, a bit deeper, and I spoke mm -hmm. about that in my live stream on Sunday. The Kazakhstan is like uh, they're really in bed with the World Economic Forum. Yeah, uh, they're they're really into the green agenda. So you kind yeah. of wonder whether these things are just like uh, distractions to keep us uh, from looking. <laughs> At the it's real problem, which is Carl Schwab and the right. central banks, Th those are the real problems, right? I, and I've, of course, we're, what we're witnessing is I think everything is tiered. Like you know, on the surface, we're being distracted with you know the health health agenda, and they've been honest enough to tell us up front why they're doing this. They're trying to reshape the you know the face of humanity politically, monetarily. And I was even watching um, the World Economics Forum most recent video talking about uh, what is it? Um, uh, something about capitalism. Some uh, equally shared capitalism, or, or some some new words they're using that, to try that's to. So, that's communism, isn't it? Equally right, shared. but they, they're trying to paint it uh, <laughs> with equalize or equally, trying to make it you know the whole equal, everybody will be equal, equal, equal capitalism, something like that. But you know, and they're all working together to accomplish this goal. And of course, the underworkings of it is you know the introduction of CBDCs, no mention of gold and silver in any kind of financial you know news syndicates because that's not acceptable you got your mainstream pundits michael sailors and kathy woods out there talking about you know everything is good everything's great get bitcoin and tech <laughs> there's no tech bubble <laughs> so there's so many distractions in other places but the federal reserve which is the war reserve currency they're tightening into a very weak environment and obviously mm. confidence is winding down and now it's a matter of what because we got all these banks you know, talking about, I saw something about JP Morgan, uh, Jamie Dimon talking about the possibility of more than four hikes this year. 
And I'm thinking like, you know, why are they trying to sell the world that they're going to be able to actually do this? You know, what are they distracting us from in the meantime? So, uh, well, I, I think they want to get a few rate hikes because they know something bad is coming. Yeah. So they, they can cut rates a few times. That's it right there. Uh, stakeholder capitalism. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, stakeholder capitalism. It's like ridiculous because we don't even, uh, I, I was listening today to uh, an old interview Alex Jones did with uh, Aaron Russo, who mm -hmm. was the director. He, he, uh, he, he was the guy who made the, the, the film Trading Places with Eddie Murphy, which is a classic. Yeah. And uh, he did an interview with Alex Jones in 07. And yeah, he said, and he's very much against the Federal Reserve. He died, mm -hmm. unfortunately, in 07. He was ill. Yeah. And uh, he he said, uh, we don't have capitalism because central banking is one of the planks of the Communist Manifesto. Mm -hmm. And the uh, graduated income tax is also part of the Communist Manifesto. So, yeah, as Aaron Russo said, we don't have... Uh, capitalism we we have socialism or communism mm -hmm. and uh people uh, might say well wall street is not socialist or capitalist well they are you know the globalists uh yeah. they, they just want a few people in charge with all the wealth and that's how it was during the soviet union you had the people close to the uh the communist party that had all the wealth the only people who could travel and uh, buy things at foreign shops in moscow for example mm -hmm. with hard currency were the party members and maybe athletes that were important you know people that were important for the regime uh, a little bit like uh now i mean i saw uh, last late last year uh jamie diamond traveled to hong kong mm -hmm. for some kind of meeting uh, exempt and, uh, everything. <laughs> he, he was exempt from quarantining for two weeks. Yeah. Well, and why is that? Well, because he's got the uh, KMA pass, mm -hmm. and that's what actually <laughs> uh, Aaron Russo, who became friends with Nicholas Rockefeller, uh, mm -hmm. Nicholas Rockefeller approached him because he wanted to recruit him uh, away from you know the path that he was taking in exposing. Yeah the new world order and yeah. nicholas rockefeller said uh all of you you know everyone's going to have a chip and, and uh you all your money is going to be in that chip or qr code at the time it, it was called the chip mm -hmm. and he said but the the people at the top like jamie diamond he didn't say jamie diamond but the elite they'll have a kma pass and what is a kma pass well it's a kiss my ass pass so if you throw <laughs> if you show your pass to the police or yeah. someone and they'll see that oh you can't kma you just let him through or her yeah. but yeah. one encouraging thing though that i'm seeing in here in the uk uh i don't know if it's because we have a tradition different than in continental europe of common law mm -hmm. and individual freedom but i, I see that we're uh, they're gonna scrap it says here an article from the daily mail that came out today england mm -hmm. will scrap covid passes and uh, work from home at the end of the month uh, because mm. they're hard to justify now that Omicron is subsiding uh, with masks on trains and shops, the only curb left. But uh, I can tell you, you know, uh, here now, if you don't wear a mask, they don't ask any questions because it's another, uh, sorry, it's another part of common law. Uh, mm -hmm. You heard, uh, you've heard the term probably, 
in the movie when they arrest someone and they say, oh, you have the right to remain silent, anything right. you say. But that's not just if you were arrested uh, because you're, they sus suspect you've committed a crime. That's mm -hmm. any time. So in, under common law, you yeah. don't have to say anything. So you can use that. If they ask you, well, what's your, uh, where's your COVID pass? And you say, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm, I don't want to talk about my private health yeah. situation. And uh, I'm going to be quiet about that. So I think things could be changing here. Maybe I, I'm too optimistic, but who knows? Uh, we're starting to see uh, politicians get in trouble here with all their parties. They're being exposed. It's yeah. all being leaked that they were partying during lockdowns. Yeah, and also just this week itself, I was—I must admit—I was caught by surprise yesterday when the Supreme Court, you know, the fact that they were willing to hear arguments so soon rather than kicking the can down the world and letting things, you know, unfold the way that you know the globalists would prefer that they do with uh, the mandating of you know on a private sector. But the fact they came out and decided to say that it is not uh, within uh, OSHA's authority to be able to enforce stuff like that me for a loop then i dived in further and saw that i guess three of the more conservative uh supreme justices expressed their opinion as to why osha was out of line and then i think three of the extremely liberal uh individuals said that uh the supreme court was out of line for even interpreting the fact that osha was not able to do that because it's dealing with health and the medical side and the supreme court is not we're not that's not our jurisdiction we shouldn't have saw that so there's some there's some beef between the uh supreme courts which I guess that's a, that's good because it's a win for the people as of now. But, you know, the Medicare side, the Medicare side of things is still being enforced. And of course, they're going to find new ways to try to, you know, impose sanctions or what or not sanctions, but, you know, make it very onerous on people financially with all the Medicare, Medicaid and all the government programs by mandating stuff. So we'll see. But uh, I want to uh, acknowledge the super chat from uh, Nature Knows. Appreciate you, my friend. Uh, thank you for the blessing to the uh, live stream. And then also, oh, you see that dog's wearing a mask on his thumbnail. Let me see here. Uh... <laughs> a cat. A cat. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of which, uh, more of, of the of the pushback, I, I see that uh, I think uh, Tori. Let me see here. I saw something yesterday about. Let me see if I can find it. But more countries now uh, uh, are pushing back now. So I think Mexico, as of yesterday, removed all restrictions, anything to do with the, the agenda, which was surprising because they didn't have many anyway. So I wonder why, but more nations appear to be, you know, cause they're getting, they're being mm. impacted with their tourism because nobody's it's, traveling like that anymore. So it's strange that it seems to only be Australia and New Zealand that are holding on. Right. Strong. Uh, I saw, yeah, I saw that, uh, the premier, of Western Australia, which is one mm -hmm. of the Australian states. Uh, I think he's passed new rules that mm -hmm. uh, if you're not uh, double or fully vaccinated, right, they changed uh, the word. Whatever that, yeah, whatever that's going to be, uh, you won't be able to go to bottle shops, which are liquor stores. You won't be able to go to hospital. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, they're getting really draconian over there. I heard uh, in New Zealand they're very draconian, even though they've found one or two cases in the whole country. Right. So uh, I don't know what's going on. And uh, that's a little bit worrying as well, because mm -hmm. it looks like they could be losing a, a lot of, um, right. I mean, this whole 
uh, COVID thing could be uh, unraveling. We we saw, I think it was earlier this week in the States that uh, Pfizer was going to have 75 years to, to publish <laughs> to, to all reveal, the data yeah. on the, but now it's only going to be eight months. It was a right. court that decided that. They might right. appeal, but you know, that's probably a worry as well for, right. for that. And then speaking of which, um, there's so much pressure now on Anthony Fauci because everybody's oh. more than convinced that he's more than he's a liar and he's been done more harm than good. So there's more of that push to remove Fauci. Yep. Uh, I think last summer, uh, Mar Marjorie Green came out with the, you know, the fire Fauci act, but then just as of yesterday or so, there's a new act type of thing that's starting to form, exposing more how Fauci is just not operating in the best yeah. interest of did the people. You, what was that? Did you see uh, earlier this week, I think Project Veritas came out with some damning right. uh, DARPA, right. U.S. military information about Dr. Fauci and gain of function. Right. Uh, we probably won't see that in this uh, mainstream media. We haven't seen it here in the mainstream media, but these things get out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think uh, a lot of people in uh, law enforcement and uh, in the military, they're mm -hmm. looking at that and they're saying to themselves, yeah, the mainstream media is not reporting this, but this is very serious. Right. Very true. Very true. And speaking of which, uh, I, I think, let me bring this up here about uh, uh, the tennis uh, was Djokovic, if I'm not saying that crazy, how his, his visa was canceled again. And now it says he's in limbo two days ahead of the Austria Open. And I think that this, that, by him getting that special pass, uh, put a lot of uh, shine a lot of bad negative light on Australia's authoritarian regime takeover because people were saying that, you know, that this right here is a sign that if you stand your grounds and contest, then they'll have to give in. And he's a primary example of that example. But it looks like they're deciding to go against that. So this is more of how Australia yeah. is really looking to uh, cause issues. It looks like he's going to be in this prison for over the weekend. Yeah. While uh, his lawyers and the government, uh, I think he might appeal. And I heard something that they he could appeal. And <laughs> while he's on appeal, he could be playing. <laughs> and then if he wins and finishes, he, he might uh, be arrested after that or have to leave straight away. <laughs> it's just yeah. crazy. Yeah. I, right. I think they're trying to uh, they're trying to make an example of him. Yeah, because they want everyone to be, you know, uh, to have that thing on their arm, unfortunately. Right. right. Um, speaking of which, uh, Ignata, here's a Chris question from Chris. Appreciate you, my friend. It says, with inflation raging and probably going higher, there's a good chance it could knock the economy into a recession. What will the Fed stands be then? What should they do to combat it? And what will they ultimately do? <laughs> uh, that's a loaded question. Uh, inflation. Um, so, so would you even consider the current figures we're being given as raging inflation? I, I, I don't see it be. I mean, it's it's problematic numerically speaking, but I don't think it's nowhere near as bad as what is actually going to end up in the next couple of uh, you know yeah, months, years. Yeah, it's getting worrying. Uh, seven percent. It's concerning. Yeah. Yeah, but not raging. Uh, definitely going high. Yeah, it hasn't <laughs> raged yet. And by the feds, I, I guess he means the central bank and the treasury and the government. Uh, yeah. I think one thing they're going to do, they're going to try as hard as possible to make that number look lower. They'll mm -hmm. tinker with the uh, composition of the CPI. Yeah. Uh, owner occupied rentals. They might make that a bigger part of it and keep it really low. 
Yeah. Um, what else could they do? I, I think they will uh, probably do stuff that will make it worse. And mm -hmm. what would that be? More fiscal spending because politically with the midterms coming up, they're going to want to seem to be helping people. But mm -hmm. when you help, the government helps people. He, they're actually not helping people. They're like, uh, they're going to inflate more to help right, right. a group of people. I mean, they, there's not really much they can do uh, if they really want to stop the inflation. And they're the, the feds create the inflation. They have to, uh, first, the government has to uh, uh, spend less than they take in in taxes. So you get... Mm -hmm. uh, or even more, you got to build a surplus to pay pay down the debt. The yeah. Federal Reserve has to raise rates to at least eight, nine, ten percent. So you can, but that's not going to happen. So uh, right. there is no solution. And right. uh, yeah, they they can talk all they want that they're going to be hawkish. They're going to raise four times, and you're going to get Jamie Dimon helping out. But mm -hmm. he's part of the club. Right. And, and and everybody that's tuned into this, you know, particular show right here, you know that it's too late. You know that we're experiencing all these events now because the monetary structure has, has reached its end. And one of the things that we're the I, I so I was thinking about this the other day, you know, the whole banking model is predicated upon fractional reserve lending. And we witness, you know, the slowdown of lending because commercial banks no longer really need borrowers the way that it has needed them in the past to pump up and inflate the monetary base and everything like that. And so now that they're flush with cash with this whole, you know, repo situation, I think it's easier now to uh, begin the transition because the banks are, you know, of course they, they those fake audits or whatnot say that they're stable. They're able to handle with withstand and market corrections, which we all know is not the case, but all yeah. that extra, you know, trillions of funds just sitting in those repo accounts or whatever that the banks have, I think they're going to use that as as the as a initial cushion for the market blow that's coming to buy the banking sector some time while they deal with the transition of the monetary system and all the other financial markets and stuff like that. And so I, I think that there's no way out. They know that now they're trying to na navigate the correction or the crash as smoothly as possible on them, knowing that it's going to cause you know the, the average you know mm. investor mad you know a lot of problems, but. It's too late, and I think they're literally yeah. trying to bring this thing down because they know they can't accomplish everything uh, they're trying to do yeah. within the 90 days. You know what I'm saying? Like 90 days to yeah. get this what done. You said, what you said there about the monetary system, fractional reserve lending, the other thing that's happening now, we've come to a point where the marginal utility of every dollar spent mm -hmm. into circulation or borrowed into circulation mm -hmm. uh you need a lot more <laughs> to create yeah. one dollar of wealth you need like seven now or something right. or more and in the old days you you could create one dollar in debt and it would create two or three in real wealth and that's gone and, and right. uh, that's because there's so much debt in the system right and uh, some people uh think that a lot of that re reverse repo uh money could start flowing back into the banks mm -hmm. uh, and then the banks will lend even more and it could create even more inflation unless the federal reserve raises the uh reverse repo rate <laughs> to yeah. match the the rates that they raise the banks are going to take it out from the repo market and maybe lend it to the public who knows Mm, 
yeah, we will see. So let's answer this uh, here. As always, for those that are tuning in, feel free to thought a thought or question or whatnot. We'll chime our two cents, cents on it, try to make sense of everything. But Miles Miles says, layaway down payment on my ranch. <laughs> so 90 days to pay it off. What assets would you guys weigh, want to own after the transition? Oh, great question. Uh, what assets? Uh, anything that would, would lessen my dependency upon this just-in-time system that's been built around us. So like yesterday, I was, you know, ranting a little bit and somebody called in about uh, having bought a certain amount of acres in, you know, in a different country and, you know, got some cattle, some sheep, planting trees, you know, the self-sustainability self route is something that I really want to look into. So if there's opportunity, you know, definitely get out of the city, into the countryside, learning how to become more of a, a, a individual that can use my hands to grow and sustain myself is something that I would like to look into now if I could but definitely in the future if it's a possibility. So that's kind of me, man. I want real stuff that I can feel and dial back off the digital technology yeah. stuff a little bit. I mean, I, I'm just trying to stay uh, independent, self-sufficient. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I, I'm not really looking at be buying a hobby farm or mm -hmm. doing that kind of stuff because it's not something I'm familiar with. And at my, right. at my age, uh, I think it's better for me to focus on other things. Mm -hmm. uh but uh i don't know what kind of transition there will be but right. it won't be a good one and i think as i've said before if you have some also tangible assets uh if you are able to be in the countryside that's great but mm -hmm. also having a, a community of people that think like you like-minded people you know that you can help each other i think mm -hmm. that's important and also having uh stacking as well you know physical silver and gold if possible uh, yeah and not have to to spend it until after the the whole thing implodes and you get a new when and all other assets that have been so overvalued for so long when they collapse and yeah. then you're able to pick them up for uh, pennies on the dollar, you know, pre, uh, a lot like the uh, the globalists do, you know, the elites. Yeah, uh, I'm not saying we have to be like them spiritually, but we can, uh, you know, uh, I think Lindsay, Pastor Lindsay Williams said that mm -hmm. the elite, their their currency, their money is gold. So yeah, yeah, and silver and, as well, I guess. Yeah. And so speaking of which, I, this is a little, little backtrack, but I, something came to mind as we were talking and I wanted to pull up briefly a article from um, uh, Edward Vine Grayers. Grayers, yeah, Grayers, I'm saying it correctly. Uh, coming, uh, coming market uh, madness could take 70 years to recover. And this is uh, him using some excerpts from Ray Dalio's, I guess, most recent book or talk or whatever. But he's just highlighting some of the primary issues we're, we're, uh, that we're facing. And just this little summary here of three quadrillion uh, worth of problems out here that exist. Just highlight how it, it's it's completely unsolvable. There's no way it can be paid back. And he talked about how it's compound since the great financial crisis. I went from 120 trillion up to 300 trillion as of now. Equating to our three quadrillion, then we got the derivatives, which is two plus quadrillion, unfunded liabilities, 500 trillion. <laughs> and so he's like, since then, NASDAQ is up 16% or 16 times, SP up seven, uh, seven times, Dow up six times, Tesla up 352, Apple up 62 times. So it's like, it, stuff is completely out of whack. <laughs> and he was talking yeah, about. Yeah, I, I was thinking uh, today, actually, because uh -huh. 
I think Apple uh, maybe worth a little less now because the Nasdaq is corrected, but uh, it, it became the first three trillion dollar company. Yeah, and I was wondering uh, the Fed must be worried about that because the Fed is supposed to be the biggest corporation. Some people think it's a government entity, yeah. and, and their balance sheet is only worth uh, is worth about nine trillion now. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're probably a little bit concerned that a, a private, another company is competing with them, Apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and the last point on this article here is that his point was, is that based upon, you know, he said the ep epic bubble might not recover until 2090. And he was referring to how uh, prior to the uh, Great Depression, as far as the real returns on the equity markets, it wasn't up until 2000 where people really start to see some real returns and then factor in what's coming with this next crash. He was saying it's not until 2090 if history was to repeat itself. And so the reason I mentioned that is because the person talked about a transition. I'm thinking like, it's going to be a long drawn out yeah, uh, that's uh, situation. I mean, and uh, the, I guess he could be right. I don't know. I haven't read the article, uh, but uh, yeah, 90 years, that's a long time. We'll, we'll be, Mike and Mario show. I think we'll be gone by then. <laughs> Grandkids carrying something on it, if, if, if it's possible. Oh, man. But no, these are it's interesting times, man. But we all know what's going on. The Fed can't control things. It just it just blows my mind that they're trying to, you know, keep that narrative that they can, you know, solve this inflation issue. And they're talking about, you know, a couple quarter rate hikes here and there. You know, that's well beneath the stated rate of inflation, which itself is still negative. We're still negative 6.92. I saw something like that uh out uh current rates on so uh Barlight broker says for your gold chain mike <laughs> so 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 Barlight broker he's a gold bug and he obviously loves his jewelry because he's been wanting me to get a gold chain forever and i actually i actually have one i wore it one time <laughs> and i think it caught people by surprise oh man but uh anyway feel free to throw out some last minute thoughts man um and also what's coming up in the future what are we looking forward to in the future what's coming um that you're aware of that's worth keeping an eye on as well, Mario, anything? Well, in terms of uh, data, there isn't, you know, all the big data for the economy came out in the first mm -hmm. two weeks. Um, I don't, don't see much coming out in the next few weeks, but uh, I think we need to keep an eye on uh, in this uh, COVID situation. Yeah. Whether this is unraveling, it would be quite interesting. And maybe if they are losing control of this, we, we should maybe be aware that they could bring some kind of uh, false flag cyber event and stuff. Mm. Also, uh... and, maybe, and they're pushing a lot of this Russia narrative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, they, they, they could bring some kind of, uh, you know, we could have some kind of conflict. Yeah, with Russia, and I guess there's always the Fed meeting. I think the Fed meeting is towards the end of the month. I'm not sure. Yeah. People yeah. are always looking at that, and maybe also keep an eye um, on the Fed's balance sheet. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, to see if they're gonna if they're really tapering. I, I don't think they are tapering as much as they they said. But uh, yeah, January 25th, 26th is the next Fed meeting, but yeah. I don't think it will be. Uh, that important. I think people are expecting a rate hike already in March. 
uh, which I think is, uh, yeah, it's just quite soon. And I think the bankers, I mean, the banker, like I mentioned about uh, Jamie Dimon talking about the possibility of more than four heights mm. and even some Fed, former Fed, some, some former Fed employees also talking about, you know, as soon as March. It's like, you know, they're trying to really hype this stuff up as a way that, that yeah. they want to try to. The bankers, you know, uh, if they, they're able to keep, uh, the markets from collapsing, it's pretty mm -hmm. good for bankers to have mm -hmm. higher rates. Yeah. Uh, especially the longer term, we've seen the 10 year yield rise a lot because they can borrow very cheaply short term from the Fed and then lend at a higher rate. So their profits will improve. The trick yeah. is uh, keeping, uh, keeping the whole system together without collapsing it. Right. I, I think they, they're too optimistic and they've got, their heads in the sand uh, because they and they're talking about doing it a lot quicker than they did like from 2015 to 2018 it took them mm -hmm. years to unwind the uh, great financial crisis uh, liquidity injection through QE and zero yeah. rates and here they're, they're talking about unwinding all this crazy QE uh, fiscal or QE stimulus yeah. uh, only two years after the crisis which seems a little bit soon extremely soon, soon. you know yeah. abnormally soon so here, here's another thing i, I think is worth mentioning somebody just mentioned that uh about 5g so here in the u.s uh start next week they're wrote there they're cutting on or activating or something with some 5g which i thought things were already on but it looks like they're going to be ramping things up and of course yeah. nobody knows how that you know that 5g technology the frequencies will impact you know the human body in general nevertheless those that have participated in what might be in those vials that went into the bodies. So I think this could, you know, the Omicron, this could really ramp up the cases, 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 you know, like things are really out of control. And then also the Build Back Better bill still stalled because there's so much chaos in D.C. right now over, you know, whether or not uh, they're going to get those extra bills passed in time, as well as the voting rights that they're trying to push through. Because I, I saw something about they're trying to um, use a, a, a NASA bill and they jammed in all types of voting registration stuff for anybody. They don't want no restrictions. They want the states no longer to control the voting thing, voting rights or whatnot, all in preparation for November. So, um, Keenan, I saw your question, man. I appreciate you. It says, uh, can you point me to a video that links the U.S. pensions to the emerging market funds that most certainly hold defaulting Chinese CP bonds? Uh, point you to a video. Oh, man. What, what are you? What are CP bonds? Uh, that I am not familiar with. I guess yeah. uh, Chinese bonds. So I, I first thing came yeah. to my mind is, 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 is anything referring to that whole Evergrande situation. Oh, is that uh, Evergrande? Uh, I don't well, know, but I, I think I don't think there's too much uh, holding. You know, the foreign bonds, mm -hmm. those uh, emerging market funds. Uh, I don't know if there's a video about it, but yeah. Um, I would uh, I would look into uh, prospectus of emerging market funds and then yeah. go through what they're holding emerging market uh, bond funds go through their prospectus and they will tell you if they hold the bonds but I I'd never heard of CP bonds I don't know what that means yeah I just type I just typed in CP bonds and this is what came up or prospects for Chinese corporate bond market corporate so, bonds oh corporate bonds okay corporate bonds Chinese corporate bonds so yeah I think it's significant but it's not it's not something that uh you know is gonna it, it could have an impact on uh, investors but a yeah. lot of the 
emerging market funds, they will hold different bonds from different countries. <laughs> and let's say the Chinese corporate bonds will be maybe 3% of all the holdings. So even if they all collapsed, it would affect maybe, you know, bring the value down by 3%. Yeah. So I don't think it's um, not saying it's not risky, but um, don't think it's as serious as people think. Yeah. But Keenan, great question, man. So I, that's something I'll definitely yeah. look into because I'm not familiar with it at all. So uh, let me see. Somebody say BlackRock out there saying going to be years before any kind of recovery. That doesn't mean for all of us if we pay our cars and get some knowledge. 100 percent. 100 percent corporate paper. You talk about uh, Keenan said the corporate paper. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's you know it boils down to what it's denominated in because I think uh, the dollar denominated uh, is the problem. There's a guy uh, I've interviewed him and I've been interviewed by him, uh, Jack Gamble. He's mm -hmm. got uh, nobody special finance. He he covers a lot of what's going on in China. You might mm -hmm. want to look at that uh, channel. Uh, is that Keenan who asked that or yeah, yeah. Yep, so yeah. Uh, nobody special finance. Uh, okay, YouTube so channel. Uh, any of them mixed up in funds that gave the U.S. pension funds great returns. So, so I'm assuming ultimately he's trying to figure out if there's been any U.S. pension funds that we're aware of or familiar with that probably purchased any of that you know corporate paper Chinese Evergrande type stuff. And so I, I don't know. I don't. I don't dive too deep into the holdings yeah. of the pension funds, other than knowing about you know, the the really large hedge funds. I think uh, and some banks actually bought yeah. uh, some of that Evergrande stuff. But other than that, that's all I know. So I don't. I, I, but I, we all know the pension funds have been doing extremely risky things in order to get returns. So I wouldn't be surprised if somebody was encouraged yeah. to go out and buy. But what I would you know, say is stuff. that what I would say a lot of times they're diversified, so they might lose. All their money in the uh, uh, Chinese Evergrande, but uh, yeah. that that will still that fund unless it's just a Evergrande fund. Yeah. Uh, then I don't think it's a problem. But yeah, so uh, it looks like uh, uh, Mario Kenan said he asked he asked him yesterday, and then he oh, said asked Mario. <laughs> 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 so that's something obviously I guess everybody. Uh, needs he, to I, I haven't really been following too closely. I do. Evergrande, uh, I think he follows more than I do. The thing is, Evergrande, for now, it doesn't seem to have created any problems, or maybe it has, and we don't know about it. Maybe yeah. that's why the stock markets are haven't had a great start to the year. Maybe mm -hmm. that's why the bond markets are falling as well. Maybe yeah. you know, uh, we hear maybe from I don't watch CNBC, but the bankers in CNBC are probably saying, "Oh, the stock markets are, are down a little bit, but the bond markets are." are uh, yields are up because the economy is picking up again. Yeah. That's We're what recovering. they'll say. So <laughs> we we don't really know because these people are not too transparent. Right. We know they lie. That's their primary objective to keep their jobs. <laughs> mm. uh, all right. Well, let's get ready to dial back, man. As always, uh, hopefully this was a well it's well packed uh, live stream here. Appreciate all the feedback and thoughts and questions. But yet we know uh, there's something happening behind the scenes. And we the best thing you can do is to you know question everything, educate yourself further, prepare as best you can, whatever that means to you. Stay prayed up and get your weight up. I mean, that's the ultimately the simple formula, man. And find ways to enjoy these times because it's the beginning of the year. You know, 2022 can be a great year depending on the viewpoint you have and the approach you take. So that's just my little two cents there. But any last thoughts, Mr. Mario, before we dial back? Yeah. Uh 
remain silent. Well, that, no. That's remain silent. That's one thing I've learned over the last few weeks. Uh, if you live under a common law jurisdiction like we do mm -hmm. in England or even in the U.S., mm -hmm. uh, you don't have to say anything. So, yeah, and don't don't go along with the uh, globalists and uh, yeah. follow their you don't have to follow their rules. Uh, you can just ignore it. And yeah. um, yes, unfortunately, they they've divided us. Uh, I've seen, you know, a lot of people having a go at people who don't do certain things. But yeah, keep your head down. Uh, don't buy into the propaganda. Uh, mm -hmm. Keep the TV off as long as possible <laughs> as well. <laughs> Very true. And here's a, a question from Miles Miles that he mentioned. That I, didn't, I didn't see it. Sorry. It says, do you think the U.S. will sell off states and monuments to pay off foreign debt? Uh, uh, I, I personally think that in promise to pay has already been handed to China as far as some of the, the like, like California. That's why I think they're kind of they're trying to evacuate California somehow, some way, because it's rich in natural resources, as well as the Grand Canyon area. I wouldn't be surprised if somehow, some way that land ends up in, you know, foreign yeah. hands in an, in a long term future. I don't know how they're going to well, how they pull it off. But the but. thing, it's not just the Chinese buying uh, mm -hmm. U.S. assets because a lot of countries have a surplus of dollars, paper. Yeah. And I, you, you can't blame them for wanting something real. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but I, I think the Chinese already own like the big ports. Don't they own Long Beach they, port? Uh, they bought. I think that was turned. I, I, I want to say that was rejected. I think, but it might. Have I don't know, but I think they're heavily involved with the Panama Canal. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't know if they're going to buy monuments because monuments don't pay <laughs> interest. They're right. going to be buying a, a, a businesses, a land farmland and i think it's the same thing in australia uh the yeah. the the chinese have probably a big surplus of aussie dollars and yeah. uh they're heavily involved there uh but uh, yeah. that's what happens when uh, a country has a lot a trade surplus like china has uh you know <laughs> there's no point in holding the paper they will want something real eventually right Something that helps them and their country and their what? How many ever more than one billion plus people they have there? So they got a lot of miles. Billion, and, and they know that if they, if they keep holding these uh, uh, Federal Reserve notes or U.S. Treasury uh, bonds in five, 10 years, it will be worth, you know, half of what it's worth now in purchasing power. So yeah. the other thing, they're probably stockpiling a lot of natural resources as well. Right. That, right. And I, and I stay in uh, uh, the corner of the grain market. And so apparently they're hoarding or they have been corning the grain market for a reason because they actually know that it knows what's probably coming. So, but it is what it is. So anyway, appreciate everybody for hanging out with us. It's always good to connect with you guys. Definitely hit the thumbs up, share the video and Manico64 on YouTube, rethinking a dollar wherever you find me. And other than that, be safe, be blessed, have a great weekend. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace.